0: I'm R.J. Bell with the Sports Bang Headlines for Monday. Well, Super Bowl is in the books. Tampa Bay and Tom Brady win and cover. Dominate, really. If you look at this team, 65-1 a year ago before Tom Brady. 15-1 to right around Thanksgiving when things weren't going so well. And underdogs the last three games. And still won the title congratulations and vegas style the props ooh. now the bookies did good but there were some big jumbo payoffs including nine points exactly scored by kansas city 150 to one here comes a four hour of the vegas truth covering all that and more you're listening to fox sports radio, radio. radio.
1: this is straight out of vegas the vegas strip here's rj bell
0: that's right the aftermath the ultimate aftermath we're live from las vegas live on 225 fsr stations and live on the monday after the ultimate monday after in american sports the super bowl and we're looking backwards but also forwards legacy talk what does this all mean what does this mean for the NFL itself, I am going to make the case at the front that this was the biggest game maybe since Joe Namath in Super Bowl three about the direction of the NFL. In studio, Steve Fezzik joins. He had a couple of really sharp points, I thought. He'll be getting credit for. A little bit later, though. We should schedule this time, Fez. Godfather One style. Someone has to answer for Santino. You had Tom Brady number 19 coming in the year. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, we can't ignore that. All right. So let's say the bottom of the hour. We'll get the law and order music and just examine it. Just see where you you know, it's going to be too easy to go. Yeah, I was wrong. No, 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 no. That's not enough. I mean, people say that in court all the time and they go to jail. All right. But (laughs) hopefully that will be the case. All right. We have in Los Angeles, and we're the pros, he's the Joe, Jonas Knox.
2: Always good to be here, RJ. And yes, on a Monday following a big signing in Major League Baseball and a bunch of NBA games coming up later on tonight, what could possibly be the Vegas lead here on this Monday?
0: Okay. We have the Cleveland Cavs, I think. (laughs) Oh, no, 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 no. We're going to start with the Super Bowl But very specifically, I'm going to make that case after the Jonas Great Overview that this game is going to influence the direction of the entire league for like the next decade.
2: Yeah, and it was uh, Super Bowl 55 in Tampa Bay the Buccaneers over the high-powered, high-octane offense of the Kansas City Chiefs. The offense that was compared to the Golden State Warriors that was going to revolutionize the NFL not so fast. 31 to 9. Tampa Bay gets it done. Super Bowl number 2 for the t- for the franchise, Super Bowl number 7 for Tom Brady, their quarterback.
0: And I think you're talking about Golden State is a really strong analogy. So let's think about what Golden State and the narrative around it. Right here in FSR, uh, Colin Cowherd was saying about that team, Golden State way back now, you know, five years, I guess, whatever, in that range. It was like, well, jump shooting teams don't win NBA titles. And then lo and behold, this jump shooting team could. But you know what's fascinating The theory behind why a jump shooting team couldn't win was mostly about the game changes when you get to the conference finals in basketball, when you get to the NBA finals, the pressure mounts, the defense intensity, all that. Well, maybe that's a good analogy to the way the game changes in the Super Bowl because it was not only Patrick Mahomes' only bad game of his career, you could make the case by certain metrics... But it didn't look like any game we'd ever seen from Patrick Mahomes. If you had never watched a Patrick Mahomes game, just read about him, read the headlines, and Fez, you watched that game yesterday, what do you think of Patrick Mahomes? You know, I actually thought Mahomes played really well. Yeah. He had no time. No, no, there's no doubt. But you know what? If it wasn't built, and and, and let's say he did the most, or he did a lot, I don't know about the most, he did a lot with what he was, the opportunities he was given. You know who else does that? A lot, of losing, a lot of quarterbacks that come yes. and go, meaning they were great. If you only knew how good so-and-so was, you hear that all the time. But you know what? In 10 years, no one remembers him. Yes. Forget 15, 20, 50 years. I think there's a lot of quarterbacks from the 50s that did pretty well with what they had. Count the rings, count the whatever. So let's agree he played well. But if you were a fan... Not a fan that's, like, hardcore, because at this point you haven't seen Mahomes yet. You tune in. What do you think of Mahomes? He's trying to do too much. He's trying— he, he's, he's nothing special. Yes. Nothing special. Okay. So why was he nothing special in that game? I'll make another point. What was his second worst game of his career? Could you make the case that was in the conversation last year Super Bowl? It certainly was as mm. bad as any game up until— the third and fifteen play. Now, listen. The fact he made that play might separate him from a Jim Kelly. Eventually, are we really sure he's that much better than Jim Kelly? I know people think he is, but have we seen it? Jim Kelly was at the top of the rankings, but he didn't. He lost a couple games. Now, the conversation might be: Well, really, Jim Kelly should be in this conversation. It should be mm-hmm. Montana. It's just just not the way this country is. Let me ask Jonas. Jonas. If you had seen just that Patrick Mahomes game, what would you have thought? And wouldn't you agree that last year's Super Bowl would have been on the list of his worst games?
2: Yeah, his two worst playoff games have been the two Super Bowls he's played in. If you just look at the numbers, um, he didn't look good for majority of that game last year. Uh, he was I've never seen him get beat up like he did in that game yesterday. Um, for sure. The only, two, the only two playoff games in which he's got a turnover in, if I'm not mistaken, are the two Super Bowl games. So, yeah, if you just isolated those two games, you'd say, yeah, a lot of potential, but not ready to make him the all-time great.
0: And. It goes to show you—and this is going to be a reoccurring theme today, tomorrow, as we really dig into this, because it is about the future—it's going to really confirm the fact that the playoffs are a different animal, and the Super Bowl itself is a different animal, and it's absurd. And again, this is nothing—we just tout the way we see it here, no sacred cow herds. When you hear Colin talking about, right here in FSR, talking about— Well, you know, it's very possible if Mahomes wins this game, you know, the upcoming game that just passed, and then a couple more, it's really going to be that Mahomes is considered better than Brady. And you know what? Andy Reid, a couple more Super Bowl might be better than Belichick. (laughs) And it's like that, to me, is the worst part of talk shows and it, listen Collins Collin's great. it's not about him. I just listen to him a bunch, so I get to hear his thoughts. and but it is what's, I think a symptom of talk shows, which is it's a lot of hypotheticals. And to some degree, if it's the middle of June, you're not a big baseball guy. You got to talk hypotheticals. but you got to sanctify the actual doing it. and the people that want, because I can tell you this, I could hypothetical too. I can look at Andy Reid and say, well, if it wasn't for that third and 15 last year, they didn't win that game. How would his record look in conference championships and Super Bowl? It doesn't look so great now. Uh, Mackenzie and research, you did that today for me. If we adjusted that one, you got it? All right. Well, Faz, why don't you do it for me? All right. We got it all printed out, color, everything here. We are straight out of Vegas. If we assume last year, and again, this is the hypothetical. Last year's Super Bowl was a loss instead of a win. If we look at Andy Reid in and his career, in con- the two highest level games, conference championship games, Super Bowls, we'd be at three and eight. Straight three and eight up. straight up. Not so good. Now four and seven. Not so good. But we're talking about, oh, maybe he's as good as Belichick. If, 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 if. Well, we can reverse that and go if, if in the background. Let's make sure as a culture, let's try as a culture to sanctify, to make special when you actually do something. We can talk, hypothetical, if only this. That's fine. But when it's been done, let's put it in gold letters because that does make the difference. That does make the difference is ultimately the record book isn't if-then, it's what happened. And people can lament that. You know who likes to lament it? Oftentimes talk show guys because if it's just factual what you don't really get to put your spin on it, but if you can kind of say, well, it's not really what you see, it's not really what's in the record book, it's what I see that matters. Or, I'll tell <laughs> you what you saw. That's what talk show guys like to do, right? Not you know not all of them, but a lot of them do. And you know who else likes to? Analytics guys, because analytics hate counting Super Bowl wins. Because that's simple. Anyone can do that. we got to look at the net yards per attempt, divided by interceptions, divided (laughs) by safeties. Yeah. or, Or something that important. And it's like, yeah, I love analytics. But you know what they're in service of? They're in service of winning games. They're in service of deciding who's the best. And in any short period of time, the wins and losses can be deceiving. But over a career, they're not. It's not a coincidence that Jim Kelly didn't win a Super Bowl. It's not a coincidence that Tom Brady just did what he did. Anyone that questions, there's something beyond stats. There's something the algorithms don't understand. How do you explain Tom Brady? How do you explain this Tampa victory? Fez, make the case other than... There's a special Tom Brady sauce, whatever that is. And if we understood it, we could replicate it. But you know what? We can't.
1: I can't make the case. And when it comes to playing on the field, Tom Brady has no ego. You look at this game. What does Kansas City's defense do very well? Shut down wide receivers. So Brady says, you know, I got Godwin. I got Evans. I got Antonio Brown. I don't care. KC is taking those away. I'll just throw it to Gronk. I'll throw it to Braid. I'll throw it to Fournette. Every wide receiver for Tampa Bay went under their numbers in the Super Bowl. Didn't matter. They moved the ball effectively the whole game.
0: Well, Gronk didn't, right? Oh, every wide receiver. Okay, good point. Steve Fezzik, we're straight out of Vegas. I'm going to go to Jonas next. But it's actually something Gronk said in the postgame. And again, it's easy. Gronk's got multiple titles. Former WWE champion. I mean, <laughs> when you got that pedigree, you're not worried about all the little accolades, getting, you know, a double and a single and getting your name in the paper. But he said it. We as a team, Tampa Bay, didn't care about who got the catches as long as they got them. And I don't know if that's fully true, but you think about the amount of talent on that team and how uh, Godwin and um, Evans obviously were maybe the best two receivers in the league as a 1-2 right there in the conversation. And like you said, some games they didn't get to focus. And they all seemed okay with it. Tom Brady is the reason for that. Jonas, I mean, you've never been one to... disagree with the idea that there's num- there's things beyond numbers. I think you're on yeah. my side with that, but boy, this seems to really reinforce it, what Brady did here.
2: Yeah, if you just watched it last night, it would it would be hard for me to figure out, okay, so which one's the defending Super Bowl champion? Because Tampa Bay looked more composed. They looked more confident. They were just the better team all the way around, and then you hear after the fact that Tom Brady is texting teammates all week long at 11 o'clock on the dot every single night during the week, we we will win this game. We will win this game. There was a confidence level there and I wonder and and I've just thought about this the past, you know, a few hours here just thinking about talking about the Super Bowl and and us, you know, looking forward to it last week and one of the points that we made was When did when did things switch for Tampa Bay? Was it after the bye week or was it during the game before the bye week against Kansas City? And there was something I think that Tampa Bay saw towards the end of that game that gave them confidence because the way that game started, they shouldn't have been confident at all. They came out yesterday and they were by far and away the more confident team and the better team from
0: start to finish. I think it's a great point. And as we said, there was two ways to look at that Tampa Bay matchup against Kansas City the first game. One was total domination by Kansas City. Then they got lazy, they got distracted, and they let Tampa come back. Or Kansas City did some stuff early. Tampa wasn't ready for it. Tampa had game planned poorly for it. Once that adjustment was made, they dominated after I was honestly more towards the first. In general, I don't believe comebacks as much as I believe the earlier part of the game. But it was possible. and this seems to be a continuation of that, because if you look at the point where they were down, what was it 17 or whatever, on, they've outscored them by what? It was uh, 22 yesterday, so uh, they 45 were to 9. 45 to 9. Now that's a heck of a run, right? So and here's the thing. Maybe neither was true. Maybe it was a combination, but if Tom Brady's telling you something, you believe it. And I'll tell you something right now. It's small compared to Tom Brady, but as a guy who literally, this is me, a coal miner's son, a school teacher's son, grew up in a town with 4,000 people, coal mining in Ohio, and literally we had a Dairy Queen, but they were only open six months a year because it was too cold (laughs) the other part of the year. So you got all excited in March when the Dairy Queen opened up. No stoplights. As I have made my way through this career, which was never intended to be a media career, it was, oh, look, I did some work on Donahue back over 10 years ago now. Oh, look, so-and-so wants to have me on. I enjoyed it, cultivated it. Here we are. And again, very appreciative of... Scott Shapiro and the Fox Sports Radio team, been great. But at various points during this progression, I was in a new place. It was a new level. And you know what? I didn't know if I was ready for it. I'm a confident person, but I didn't know. But at different times, I was lucky enough to have someone and go, am I ready for this? They go, yeah. And just them saying yeah, because I respected that opinion, made me more confident. We've all had that experience. And if if you're doing something that you're truly going to another level and you don't have anyone that was there before to say, yeah, you can do this, you're you're good enough, it's so much harder. you got to prove it to yourself. But along the way, when you're trying to prove it to yourself, you're not performing as well because you don't have the confidence. You only get the confidence from performing. Tom Brady answered all those questions. I've been here. Parcells, when he had New England, the team that went and didn't win the Super Bowl against Green Bay, he told that team, I'll never forget this. Get me to the Super Bowl, and I'll take it from there. And that pitch was, hey, I've been here. I've done this multiple times. You get me there, and I'm going to take care of the rest. You can look at me and know it's going to be okay because I've been there. Well, isn't Tom Brady that and more because he's on the field? So to me, if it was about the uh, hindering the e- – or um, controlling the egos – As we talked about the unselfishness, Brady, the confidence, Brady, the focused, Brady. Not to mention on the field, great performance. Bottom of the hour, Feds is going to answer for his thoughts on that. Number nineteen, he said entering the year, or straight out of Vegas, and also Brady the GM. (laughs) Right? If you look at the scores in that game, was there one guy that scored for Tampa Bay that was even there last year? No. Look at the touchdowns. I think it's everyone that came. With Brady effectively, so would any? Would Fournette have been there? No, Brown, no, Gronk, no. So it's like Brady and his troubadour team come in to a very talented team. A Bruce Arians, let's give the guy credit, who at least backed away enough not to not to want to fight for attention. I mean, it feels like the humility and that there is a secret sauce to winning is the takeaways from this. Super Bowl, And you know what? We haven't even gotten to why this changed <laughs> the future of the NFL. Let's, let's just put a bow on this part, and that's going to be an exciting conversation, I think, because I'm very happy, to be honest, that this happened, because the NFL that could have been, I'm not as excited about. Final thoughts on the macro big picture takeaways, Jonas.
2: They've played eight quarters. Tampa Bay's been the better team in five of those seven quarters. Just from a scoring standpoint, the fourth quarter, they were scoreless, both teams, last night. But if we just broke down and, and wanted to do even a deeper dive, head for head, if we looked at it like a boxing match, like an eight-round boxing fight, I would say Tampa Bay's won at least six rounds. And that that is pretty dominating when you when you factor in how good Kansas City's been against all these other teams the past two, three years.
0: Except, and this is kind of a tease. And and I would say this. When you're down as much as uh, Kansas City was down in the fourth quarter, for Tampa to hold that as a neutral yeah. quarter is a win. Agreed. Mm, agreed. Big time, right? Because, I mean, there was no – If I would have bet you when it got to 22 and I said, Fez, I'm going to give you uh, – I I just went minus 21.5, meaning I want you to take – Kansas City, and you got to give me plus a half a point, you would have taken Kansas City so quick my head would have spun. Oh, absolutely. So, because I mean, the backdoor touch, I mean, spake just make it six and a half, not a half. Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> probably aren't <laughs> kicking field goals. But either way, is you expected Kansas City to get a score. Absolutely. And, and when they didn't, I think that's a win for Tampa. And I think you're absolutely correct. I just believe, and this will be teasing to what we're going ahead to, and here it is. <laughs> I said it right here, and I almost had to eat crow, but I didn't, so now I'm crowing. I said I've never seen a team like Kansas City win the title. I've never seen a team that just says, oh, we're going to flip the switch. We don't have to play hard this game or this half. They don't tend to win titles. And that's exactly what we saw. They didn't win a title, and that, and more, is why I think Kansas City in the direction of the NFL there is very different than Tampa Bay. I'll explain.
2: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted, right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!
1: Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
0: I'm RJ Bell. We are straight fall. out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. And coming up here in just a couple of moments, we will get back into our recap of Super Bowl 55 and what it meant for the future of the NFL.
0: And don't forget, Jonas, bottom of the hour, a couple <laughs> minutes away, Fezzik faces the heat. Yes. <laughs> This man who I thought really handicapped the Super Bowl exceptionally well. How'd your props do? Nine and one. Nine and one. (laughs) What one did you lose? Penalties. Oh, that was horrible. It was a horrible pick, too. That was. But you know what? I think, (laughs) yeah, 90 percent's all right. I do think, undoubtedly, the penalties were a discussion. And not is a worthy discussion. And not even just that they were disproportionate. But we'll talk about that also. Great day to join. This is the fastest-growing show on Fox Sports Radio. Audiences doubled in the last year plus. And now that we've finished a great football season, it's going to be a great month of February. We just take things a chunk at a time. Greatness a chunk at a time. No one's ever said that to me exactly, but I think someone said that. So we'll just say attributing a listener. (laughs) You can listen on 225 stations across this great country. Right here in Las Vegas on the Strip, 67 degrees, and the neon is flowing.
2: And, RJ, as we talk about Super Bowl 55, we do want to let you know we are brought to you and and coming to you live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS to switch, and you could save a bundle on your auto insurance. It was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 31-9 to victors at Super Bowl 55 yesterday over the high-powered Kansas City Chiefs.
0: So imagine... Close your eyes, unless you're driving, and think to yourself, Kansas City wins, and they win easily. Let's say this score is flipped. That's the hypothetical world we're entering into. Now, what is the takeaway? The takeaway is Mahomes might be the best quarterback to ever walk the earth. In fact, Fez, not saying you're a prisoner of the moment, but you thought Mahomes was the best quarterback to walk the earth ever, ever. Now, you said he played well. So he's still the best quarterback to ever walk the earth. That's what you said. That's what you said. Why are you looking at me scared? I am staying consistent with that. Yes. All right. And the case would be made on why? Because it's certainly not a statistical case. Correct? Correct. It's not a statistical case. If you just look at the era of each quarterback and say, the average quarterback was X, how much better was this quarterback than the average? This is not the best statistical quarterback of all time. He's not the winning, most winning quarterback of all time. In fact, three years he's made the conference finals or later, and he's one and two winning Super Bowls, one and two, and could easily be zero and three. Easily, he could be zero and three easier than he could be three and zero. I can or promise you that much. So now the question is, all right, he's not a big time winner yet. He might be one hypothetical day. His stats aren't all that great, but he, th- you know, compared to the all-time greats, he's right there. Now, you might say, well, if you look at it, his stats, are the best? Yeah, but you got to consider what the average. You know, if if back when Babe Ruth was hitting 50 home runs and the average player had five home runs. <laughs> Good point. It's a difference. You know, you got to go from baseline. Distance from baseline is the only fair way to judge anything. Look at the 100-meter dash. Was Jesse Jones horrible, even though a Texas high school kid could beat him today with no problem? If there was a time machine? No. It's all about the time. And the era Mahomes is not that much better, if even better statistically, than a lot of the quarterbacks today. He wasn't better than Aaron Rodgers this year. I'll tell you that much. So now it's like, wh- why? Because he throws left-handed or behind his back or flips or whatever he does? Is it an Instagram thing? What is it for you, Fez? Well, th- the consistency the
1: last three years, he's been number one or number not two. not
0: covering. But so is Drew Brees, right, at the same time. Yep. And I don't hear him in the conversation for the best of all time because he doesn't throw left-handed <laughs> or behind his back or whatever. And maybe I bought in too much to the spectacular wanna... plays that he has made. It's great. You know who else had spectacular plays? I don't know. Let's go back through time. Jeff George. There's a lot of like—and I'm not saying this guy's a Jeff George. I'm saying let's make the guy actually do it before we act like he's done it. And he hasn't. Right? I mean, he hasn't—if we, if we were going to somehow say by a—I mean, listen, I know the guy's young. That's the, that's my point, not your point if you're a Mahomes backer. If you're a Mahomes back, you should say if he continues like this for what? Mm, I don't know. Another 15 years? He'd be in the conversation of the best of all time. He's not now. And I hope he becomes great. I do think what we saw, if they had won this game, would be this. Yeah, you know, line doesn't matter. O-line, don't worry about that. And it'd be like, "Mm, you know, trying really hard the whole season— that's for fools. That's what the old generation would have done. You do what you need to do, and then you're rested and ready to go in the playoffs. And you know what? In the playoffs, if you don't have to play hard, all the better. So it's almost like the Usain Bolt. I would watch the Olympics hoping to see the guy actually run hard once all the way through. And even in the, when he would win the final, he'd be jogging through the finish line. Do you think maybe just five more steps at full speed <laughs> just to see what you're— again, obviously the greatest ever to sprint— But he never, ever seemed to run as hard as he could. Now, there might be people out there that think that's cool. I think it's like, what's the point? What's the point of being faster if you never go faster? Hmm. And let's think about it. Maybe if Kansas City had won, there'd be a sense of, yeah, it does make sense at the end of the half against the GOAT to start calling timeouts like he's a junior varsity quarterback, like Lucas got in the game, and he's afraid to throw or something. He just did it the last time against Green Bay. I, and the funny thing is you got all of these pseudo-intellectual talk show hosts saying, I hated that call. Aren't you the one saying aggression is always good? I've never seen a situation where someone's conservative, old school, and those guys praise it. But when it fails, somehow this was the magical spot they wouldn't have been aggressive. So, Fez, you're Mr. Aggression. What did you think of that? You
1: want to be aggressive on
0: offense,
1: not on defense. But the way you're
0: offensive, the way you get on offense is calling timeouts to get the ball again. And so
1: it's fine to call the first timeout. But then when Tom Brady has a third and two, you don't call a timeout against Tom Brady when he's on his own 40 and he's winning. Tampa
0: Bay's winning at that point. What did you think of that timeout, Jones?
2: Uh, It was a little bit. I wasn't. Totally outraged by it. I thought Andy Reid actually maybe showed a little bit of desperation. Like I got to get this ball back because I think they were trying to get two scores. They were trying to score at the end of the first half and then get the ball to start the second half. yeah. And and that was the gamble. It was the pass interference down the field to Mike Evans that was the killer, and then obviously the one in the end zone that they called that was. But they
0: were given. They had the chance to make those plays. Because yeah. if anything, Tampa, you could make the case of being a little conservative there. Yes. And, it, and, and maybe it's just a default, hey, they're showing weakness, I'm going to show strength by calling the timeout, but maybe it wasn't weakness. Or maybe you just forced them to, to become more optimal. That's the thing in poker sometimes. If you play a certain way against a conservative player and just bludgeon him over the head with aggression, you actually get him forced to start moving towards optimal, to be more aggressive because he's got to defend himself against you. That's what happened right there, I think, Fez. That
1: is a perfect I, analysis. Yeah, there. that was
0: pretty good, I think. Yes. You know, I think now's the time to see what's trending. And after that, Fez, even, there was no commercial break. We'll, we'll go all the way through the end of the hour, and I'll pay out of my pocket, be
1: sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific.
0: Straight
2: Out of Vegas here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Jonas Knox, voice of You, the fan. He's the voice of Vegas, RJ Bell.
0: And the final segment will really put a point on the idea of Kansas City's approach to the NFL versus Tampa and really versus the rest of the NFL. But first, we're going to go back in time quickly. <laughs> Steve Fezik, where do you rank Tom Brady? 19! All right, we're back in reality here. Fez, 19 entering the season. Go ahead. Yeah,
1: so in the history of the NFL, 43-year-old quarterbacks had won one game that they had started. So Tom Brady turned 43, and I said, how can we possibly— this would be a leap of faith to assume that Tom Brady magically is going to be a top-10 quarterback. when no. Haven't you heard of TV-12? Yes. Go ahead. Yes. And also, I looked at his 2019 year, which was very average statistically. The other years were perfectly good. Now the mis- well,
0: We call the GOAT perfectly good? <laughs> very good.
1: <laughs> the mistake I made is that I did a little projection where I said, oh, he's 42 and he's fallen off. And it, what happened was at 42, he had an aberration year because he didn't have much in the way of weapons. That was the mistake.
0: Okay. Now, how many years in a row did you predict Tom Brady's a significant sharp drop off. Seven. Is it seven? Yeah. <laughs> so in year one you say he's going to really fall off and he doesn't. In year two you say he's going to fall off he doesn't. You're, at what point do you start having doubts about it? <laughs> today. <laughs> anyway, it took <laughs> till today. <laughs> so you're you're gonna have him ranked what you think coming in next year? Twelfth. <laughs> Twelfth? Yeah. You're kidding me. He'll be forty four. <laughs> You know, if we would have planned that, that would have been great, but he's being serious. <laughs> this is the great challenge, everyone. Are you really gonna make him twelve? I
2: am. <sighs> Who's eleven and thirteen?
0: Yeah, yeah. That 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 that's the that's our tease. That's our tease. And also, how are we gonna construct a bet? To make sure he pays out the wazoo if he's wrong. That's the key, because here, if you're wrong, you pay. When we come back, we'll get the answer to who's 11 and 13 around number 12, Tom Brady, next year. And also, why this Kansas City loss is so important to the NFL, because it keeps things the way I like them.
2: He's RJ Bell. I'm Jonas Knox. This is the pregame show you've always wanted right here on Fox Sports Radio. Straight out of Vegas!
0: R.J. Bell. We are straight out of Vegas.
2: And I'm Jonas Knox, voice of you, the fan. And R.J., we are recapping Super Bowl 55 and also taking a look ahead to Fez's quarterback rankings in 2021 and why and why, he's got our, why he has Tom Brady number 12 in his ranking. So we will be catching up with uh, Fez and RJ there in Las Vegas. Some uh, technical difficulties, but we'll be catching up with the guys there uh, in just a couple of moments here on Fox Sports Radio. And it does become the discussion, Tom Brady and where he stacks up. And so uh, Steve Fezik has Brady 12, and now we find out who does Fez have 11 and who does he have 13?
0: Ooh, go fast!
1: Matthew Stafford, number eleven.
0: Kirk Cousins, number thirteen. So you're saying Tom Brady is the smallest increment better than Kirk Cousins? At Tom Brady, this is you. This is you. This is you trying to redeem yourself.
1: This is me doubling down on possibly a losing hand. Yes, next
0: year. Possibly. (laughs) Let me think about something. When you lose seven straight (laughs) times since you've been seven years, you've been saying, you know what? I think your list might be with the other list. Actually, Bob Dylan explains what happened to your other list. What's left? Not one single thing. Ashes. <laughs> Ashes, man. <laughs> all right. We're straight out of Vegas. I really think, and as we you really think about all the the rules don't apply to us that Kansas City has had this year, they had nine straight games without a Vegas cover. In the history of the last 30 years of the NFL, there's been three teams that lost nine straight games against, or didn't have a win for nine. They had one push for nine straight games. Not Super Bowl teams, not playoff team, any team, the worst team, the Browns, the Lions in the worst years. By definition, they had nine straight games in which they did not exceed expectation, Kansas city. But everyone said, well, so what? You don't think Mahomes is good. Haven't you seen his left-handed passes behind the back? Whoop-de-whoop. It's like the Harlem Globetrotters. I don't think anyone thought the Harlem Globetrotters were better than the NBA champions. I mean, I did when I was like six years old. I thought, why aren't they playing the NBA? (laughs) But still, that's the way a lot of people think in this Instagram culture. I love uh, social media. I love things, uh, growth, technology. But it shouldn't be a short-circuiting our thinking. Mahomes has a a heck of a talent base. He's had a heck of a run. He's not even the right now. He's not in the top twenty of quarterbacks of all time. Forget you know competing with Brady. It's absurd. But think of the other times and places that Kansas City said it didn't matter. True or false? Kansas City could have run the ball and run. Was there many bad? What were you seeing when Kansas City? Because Tampa Bay playing two high safeties was saying. You're going to have to run and keep running.
1: Effective, the entire game averaged over six yards per rush, only ran the ball. Then
0: they should have won the game, huh? Only ran the ball 17 times. Because rules don't apply to them. They're Kansas City Chiefs. The rules don't apply. You have to play hard every game, all through the game? Forget that. Rules don't apply. What would Belichick have done if game after game after game in after game... The, the the bucks would or the pats would have just won by just enough just they we won don't worry about it old man coach what would he have done yeah, yeah, there've been some people sat
1: there's going to be an early morning meeting on monday and uh, we're going to clean up things like excessive penalties
0: the Globetrotters' record apparently now up on our board was 27,000 wins and 345 losses boy i wonder <laughs> they lost how did they even did they lose by accident how did that go it's like when you let the heel win, you know, a couple times a year. I don't think so. I bet they just forgot what the score was. <laughs> well, they're spitting and tripping it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they got dizzy. <laughs> We're straight out of Vegas. Jonas, you're kind of a great combination of old school and new school. Like, you're younger, but you aren't, like, a prisoner of the moment. Didn't, doesn't it feel like that everything that the NFL is about, Kansas City tried to trump, and say yeah. we aren't going to be – defense doesn't really matter to us. Running doesn't really matter. Oh, line, forget it. We don't need that. We got the cheetah. It, it feels like that if they had won that game, you'd really have to it's, – it's like a fantasy team. It's like any kid that goes and starts to like the NFL, he likes the two or three the team that has two or three great playmakers, but they never seem to win. What do you think, Jonas?
2: Yeah, I grew up on NFC Central football. Not the NFC North, the NFC Central. Back when the, the Bucs were, yeah, the Bears, the Vikings, the Lions, the Packers. It was low scoring, it was running the football, and it was playing defense. That's what I prefer. I wasn't into the 54-51 shootout between the Rams and the Chiefs. I wasn't into all of this that, that has been happening, and so to see physicality went out in a Super Bowl again was nice to see, and I thought it was good for the league
0: except when you say again yeah last year was the exception almost not though but the year before was the rams new england game that was yes. what 16-6 or whatever it was right or six or 13-3 yes and so to me it goes to show you the super bowl is different the milwaukee bucks would be a good analogy they've had the best regular season the last two full seasons or last two seasons of anyone it's not even close And they haven't done anything in the playoffs. You know why? Is it just luck? Is it just poor luck? No. It's not just sample size. It's because the playoffs are different. Well, you know what? The Super Bowl is different. Pressure, whatever reason. There's a lot of them. And that means, to me, the team that wins that Super Bowl is the one that's remembered. And I think it's great. The qualities of old school football matter more in the Super Bowl. And to me, that's a good thing.
2: If you missed any of today's show, you can check out the podcast at foxsportsradio.com for a deep dive and a look back on Super Bowl 55. We are straight out of Vegas live from the Farmers Insurance Fox Sports Radio studios. Call 1-888-FARMERS and you could save a whole lot of something on auto insurance. We are back tomorrow, 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 o'clock Pacific, right here on Fox Sports Radio.